here when Kevin's running down, you know, naked in the dream <laughs> oh, sequence. Oh, God. Right, I was like, just... put the penis away. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happened, I was like, do we have Wang? We have Wang. We have floppy Wang, and we have to see it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Open it, if you dare. Handy, the final girl. We're both of us so messed up. I don't know which one of us is worse. <laughs> and I'm Shaun of the Dead. Okay, yes, I was with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight on the House That Screams, couples edition, uh, we're doing the Frank Henenlotter uh, cult classic from 1982, Basket Case. We you have... almost said brain damage. I you did almost, almost say brain, brain damage. damage. Every time I kept saying it, I was in my head. I was saying, "Oh, brain it's going to come up." That's I'm like, "Oh, wishful thinking." Um, okay, <laughs> and we have um, Crystal. What's in the basket? Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Dave German. Yesterday it was squeaking like if a mouse was caught inside, real high pitched, like. He practiced so much. I did. It was really, really good. I'm sure everybody at work was looking at you like, what the? Oh my God. I'm like handing him my notice. Dave, just don't come back tomorrow. (laughs) He nailed it. Yeah, that was really good. Very good. uh... Thank you. So, Sean the Dead's going to start us out tonight. Yeah, so uh, my first. well, okay, let me start off by saying this. This film came out in 1982. I was two years old. Um, yeah, laugh it up, Dave. Uh, I'm such a baby. So my first introduction to Basket Case, or I should say the Basket Case franchise, uh, was in 1990. And that's when Basket Case 2 came out. And I remember this vividly. Um, I actually did some digging to look for the actual Fangoria uh, issue, but I was getting Fangoria at this time, and 1990, I was 10 years old, and I remember the issue that had Basket Case 2 in it, and I remember, you know, just like Dave with, you know, Cat Fancy, I only looked at it for the pictures, and... So here I was skimming through this this magazine and seeing these pictures of Basket Case 2 with Belial. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I was enthralled. Like I wanted to see this film. So I ended up seeing Basket Case 2 before I saw Basket Case 1. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And so it wasn't until like maybe, 
God, maybe five or six years later, I finally got my hands on Basket Case and was actually able to sit down and watch it. And this film, holy shit, the budget is so small. And the film, like, this is what guerrilla filmmaking is all about. Frank Hennenlotter, now that I'm older, now that I've seen all of Frank Hennenlotter's work, like, the way that he films New York, like, I, I've never been there, and I never want to go. No, it's, it's different now. Oh, my God. It <laughs> it looks so disgusting. Oh, my God. The but way see, that's what Joe Bob Briggs loves about it. I know. It really well, and captured that time. And that's what I love about it, too, especially with this film, is because he had such a small budget and was able to do the things that he did with this film. And the griminess, the grittiness, you know, it, it, this is exploitation. And I, I just, everything about this film I love. And getting to go back and revisit this again last night, it was such a blast. And there's so many people out there that shit all over this film, and I just fuck all of them. Like, They're wrong. I, I love this film. Are they? Yeah, they are. I think so. Yeah, this is the Times Square from my youth. You know, I grew up right across the uh, river in New Jersey. And I, you know, so I, I was, uh, this 82, so I was, what, 17. We used to go into the city just to wander around Times Square during the day, of course. We made sure we were the fuck out of there by nighttime. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want the, any of those, this, you didn't want any of those people with the fucking five mile long syringes fucking. Right, right. <laughs> From, what was Open that? Open toxic uh, Jason waves. Takes Jason takes Manhattan. They're, in, Man that they're in Manhattan 30 seconds and some dude's got some fucking, you know, Wiley Coyote <laughs> syringe. <laughs> Acme brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, this shows him, you know, five seconds in Times Square and that dude's listing off right. more drugs than yeah. ER. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I got window paint. I got horse red, blues, uppers, downers. Like, I got quaaludes. I was like, damn. I and then, and then when he blows him off, he's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> what, what tickled me so much was when he said he had quaaludes, the closed, the closed captioning said, Preludes, and I'm like, yeah. oh motherfucker, you got a script? You got a prelude? <laughs> you got a prelude to this. But this you know, is Quaaludes. My mom told me stories about Quaaludes uh, from her party in the '70s. I'm like, I think I'd like Quaaludes. Are the, are, they are don't Quaaludes make them anymore. Little Helper is that Quaaludes? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought, yeah, that that in Valium, yeah. Yes. But this is the Times Square from my youth. I remember walking around Times Square with the peep shows and the. You know, uh, so it really brings me back. I do love uh, Times Square of the uh, late 70s, early 80s, about four years from like 78 to 82, where Times Square was just the absolute worst, is the, the Times Square that I love. I just love it. It's so seedy. We were able to take the bus in during the day and wander around and then get the fuck out at night. <laughs> we used to love it. We, we loved going into Times Square at this period. So could you smell Times Square in this movie? I, you know, it's been a while. I don't know if it, it, it's, uh, the smell. It I remember like, like and then it has a smell. Like the basic rules where you never make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> you never take anything from anyone. Like if someone hands you a flyer, you don't you don't take it. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the interesting grocery store now. Yeah. I, you know, Dave, I have a question. So this movie showed Times Square, and it said, you know, twenty five cent for a peak show mm -hmm. or. You know, Triple X movie, 25 Cent. Mm -hmm. Sweetheart, how long was that quarter? How long did that last you? <laughs> Not very long. 
<laughs> it was one of the remember those old like weird daguerreotype like flip things back in back in the old penny arcade you know and you would like turn the crank and like the pig yeah it was like that where you put yeah. your face in it yeah yeah, yeah like it, the it, Nickelodeon? It, it was like yeah. that yeah oh, yeah but 25... back then like you know yeah the worst you could do is get you know some chlamydia or something you know we didn't have ah. that. 25 cents eyes. to uh pull the crank yeah, yeah right. you know, <laughs> I am. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Frank Henenlotter for just a second. Last night was my first time seeing this film in its entirety. Um, I'm a Henenlotter fan, as we all know. Um, we've covered two previous films on the show. We've done Frankenhooker. We've done um, Brain Damage which I kept trying to say instead of basket case on, <laughs> I don't know if that was a Freudian slip or what, but, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I consider the, I mean, I'm just going to show my hand a little bit. I consider those superior films, uh, uh, as far, as far as like Frank Henenlotter films. And so but I was aware of basket case. I knew it went on in basket case. I'd seen parts of basket case, never saw the whole movie till last night. And, um, I can, that obviously means I haven't seen part two or three and I'm not going to see part two or three, but I wanted oh. to share um, a quote from Frank Hennenlotter himself. And this is it. I never felt that I made horror films. I always felt that I made exploitation films. Exploitation films have an attitude more than anything, an attitude that you don't find with mainstream Hollywood productions. They're a little ruder, a little raunchier. They deal with material people usually don't touch on, whether it's sex or drugs or rock and roll. There is no rock and roll. No, and I thought that was interesting because there really isn't in any of his movies, but I think he's talking about sort of that attitude of, like, fuck you, you know, well, that well, kind I mean, of, I, like... Well, he's showing the seedier, the sort of the seedier side of, you know, well, life. Sex, sex and, and, and rock that. and roll is, is, is a little seedy once you start digging in. He I probably mean, just couldn't afford the rights to any songs back then. That's so. right. I mean, he didn't have any money, but I think that's interesting because this is definitely considered and revered as a horror film. But he doesn't consider it a horror film. Right. And, uh, you know, he considers himself an exploitation thing, but he always gets classified as horror. And so I, I found that quote, and I, I just wanted to share it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, best in case uh, for the the full length of, of seeing it was my my first viewing last night. Well, Whereas I've seen Frankenhooker a million times. I just got Frankenhooker for early Mother's Day present. And, um you know, uh, and, and we all know how I feel about brain damage and, and stuff like that. But, you know, um, yeah, basket case, though. But if <laughs> I, I got more it, to say, but I'll let other somebody else talk. If I remember correctly, Hinnon Lauder, he didn't expect this to be the cult classic that it is. Oh, no. And, no. and, and it kind of upset him. Like, he was kind of upset that it became as as beloved as it was in the horror community. Because he just, you know, this was his first film. Right. And and I think he was, you know, he was kind of upset that, that people loved it because he maybe he thought it was shitty. But I think it's, it's a testament to someone who's new into filmmaking. I mean, the shoestring budget that they had to work on. I know in the trivia on IMDb it said that the wad of cash that Dwayne pulls out when he goes to the hotel, that was the fucking budget. Yes. And, yes. you know, and whether that's true or not, who knows? But, you know, I mean, that's just that's fucking hilarious. And 
you know, to think that the steps they had to take, the scenes that they filmed at the the uh, um, Statue of Liberty, it, some Ed Wood shit right there. Yeah. They didn't they didn't have the license to fucking film that. So it was like, sit down, pull your camera out, take the shot. We got it. Let's go. Or when Kevin's running down, you know, naked in the dream <laughs> oh, sequence. Oh, God. Right, I was like, just... put the penis away. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happened, I was like, are... do we have Wang? <laughs> we have Wang. We have floppy <laughs> Wang, and we Which... have to see it twice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, you know, the first time I saw this movie was at a sleepover when I was in middle school. Um, <laughs> like, um, so I was like 11 or 12. Um, so this was like mid nineties for me when I saw it and it was because it was a co-ed sleepover and, uh, my friend's parents were trying to rent something that the guys would like watching why they picked this. I have no idea, but, um, it scared, it scared me back then. I remember that. So when Dave was like, Oh, you know, we're watching Basket Case. We watched it last night. That was last night. It was the first time I'd seen it since that sleepover. And I was like, oh, fuck. I remember being scared of this movie. And then we watched it. And I was like, what the fuck was I scared of? Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, too, how that happens. Because there are some movies that I remember watching. Hellraiser is one of them. You know, that, that fucking terrified me as a kid. And I watch it now. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. A Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, not that it's so much scary anymore, but it's like, what was it about that that kind of freaked me out as a kid? Right. Right. I know what freaked me out, you know, in this movie. And it was the fucking, um, it, it was Belial that mm -hmm. freaked me the fuck out. Uh, you, you little nutsack Siamese twin. <laughs> <laughs> nutsack with hands. Right. It was just like, it's you know. Yeah. It's funny too with with Bilal because they so they took uh, Kevin Van Hittenrick's face and 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 they they did a plaster mold and put his face on there and there are some scenes where with the mouth closed and it just looks like a normal human face Hi. and th and then you have the scenes where it's like ah like like growling and it's got those fucking like teeth and and all that stuff the and eyes. that's. That's the stuff, you know, that's supposed to be scary. But if you ask me, I think the scariest part is when it just has that sullen face. Right. When like, the, I don't know the, what it is about it, but it creeps me out. Right. When the next sack just looks normal and just has, <laughs> just has a face. What I found interesting about it was something happened. I guess maybe they left the raisin in the sun too long. And it dried up or shrank. It shrank. And so... No adult hands could get in that puppet. And so it is literally an eight-year-old because her hands were the only ones that could fit in there. So it's an eight-year-old puppeteering, <laughs> puppeteering Belial from the majority of the movie. The parts where, you know, um, like the boob touching and all that, that's Frank Henenlotter's hands and gloves. Good, because yeah, yeah, because I was that, thinking about that too, and then I I did some research and I found out that's Frank and a lot of wearing gloves, touching right. boobs. Yeah, like oh, poke, poke, poke. Yeah, because oh, look, look at that, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of like an adult size hand that doesn't kind of match like shrunken raising right. hand. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of kind of weird. Stop motion animation. 
Oh yeah, oh, the, the yeah. claymation. You can't oh, help, but, like, so you can't help but endear yourself with that a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's the one part of this film that I find truly irredeemable is the stop. It's so bad. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Stop I love it. Claymation. But Aww. you know what? That's that's probably where most of the budget went. Yeah. Well, you know, they only had sixteen thousand dollars, and eight thousand of it was um, uh, was a Frank's life savings. Yeah. 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 He got like each one of them threw in like eight grand. Yeah. And it's and but seeing that's the thing. Like that's what I think is so awesome is that these these guys and and I've heard it before with other directors too is it, they just dive into all of their savings and they're like, this is what I want to do. I'm throwing everything that I have at it <laughs> We're gonna make mm-hmm. right. and, and we'll see what happens. And he made this and there are a lot of people out there who think that this is shit. But Not be- as many as you think. But because of this, we got brain damage. We got Frankenhooker. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Which, yay, applause. And, and <laughs> you know, we know how our brain damage episode turned out. You know, yeah, that was, no, that, yeah, amazing. It was great. I like to think so, I had some pretty good sales skills on that one. Yeah, yeah, you really did. It, well, and I, I hadn't seen any uh, uh, of Frank's films before the podcast, and Brain Damage absolutely blew me away. When they talk about how they made this film, it, it kept I, my mind keeps going back to Night of the Living Dead when you hear or read interviews with uh, various members of how they made that film. It was very similar. They just lived in this this house that they were filming in with no hot water. You know, no, it was. It's, we're going to make a movie. We're going to make a movie. You know, we're going to throw in whatever we got. And, and, and it, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Night of the Living Dead was made that way. It was totally guerrilla filmmaking. Absolutely. I, and I'm, I'm ready to talk about Night of the Living Dead. It's coming soon. I have so much to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that scene in Night of the Living Dead when they're doing, when he's like uh, the reporter, when, when George Romero's the reporter, they didn't have permits to film that. They filmed it and Right, got the right. fuck out. That's There's like a funny when, story to do with that. Just like when Dwayne's running down the street akimbo, apparently they just <laughs> waited until there was nobody on the street. And they go, okay, run. Yeah, they, they swept the <laughs> yeah. sidewalks, made sure there were no debris. Yeah, because he was barefooted. Dropped, right, dropped him have a on stitch one on corner, it. and they picked him up on another. And apparently it was filmed in February in New York. God. Yeah, that's chilly. Like, it really was cold, though. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and, you, and you can... Tell. <laughs> I wasn't looking too hard. That's the I didn't want to look anyway. too hard. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wanted to say something. Um, you know, Sean's saying that, you know, this, well, first of all, this is the 40th anniversary of this film. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I wanted to point that out. We've got a lot of really good uh, 40th anniversaries this year in 2022 um, because uh, there, I could name like, probably 10 films that are great or some not so great. depends on how you feel about them. But <laughs> there are a lot of uh, just big anniversaries this year, but this is one of them. And the thing is, is uh, like, uh, like Fred Riggs just did a, a basket case collection again uh, for in celebration of that. But the thing is um, that Sean is like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people don't like it. Well, this is probably the most revered film of Hen and Lauders. I mean, a lot of people love uh, Frankenhooker, but like Frankenhooker doesn't have sequels, and uh, this has an entire franchise. There's there's right. three films, and uh, I would say if it was successful enough to get a second film and a third film, and then people just ate that shit right up, um, this is his most successful project. 
And he, like, really threw caution to the wind, threw, threw all in, all of his money. And then what they didn't have money for, they just stole and looted. And <laughs> they did. And, and really? so I would say that this is his most successful film. This is his most revered film, which, not to me, but to everybody else, you right. know, or at least the, the vast majority of the horror community who are the people that embrace this. And we have to, you know, Joe Bob Briggs is, is early in his career, because um, this is his 40th anniversary as being a movie critic. Um, he was a huge supporter of, of uh, I almost said brain damage again, <laughs> Bastard Case, an early supporter of it. Because he, he back then he wrote reviews. And um yeah, I mean he was hugely supportive of this film and um obviously he's friends with Frank Henlander who was on the uh Valentine's Day special when they did Frankenhooker, you know, and they talked about all of his films at that point. But uh, but yeah, Basket Case would be his success story. I I I truly believe that. It's certainly the one that most people know about. I had, I had, I had seen Basket Case on the video store shelves many times. You know, back when you would rent, you know, VHS. I'd never heard of. Well, actually, that's not true. I'd heard of Frankenhooker, but I'd never heard of Brain Damage before. Uh, it's kind of a an, a hidden gem. Yeah, yeah. I guess when we get to reviews, we'll talk about it. But uh, this is the one I've always seen. I, I remember seeing the box art. You know, the basket kind of cracked open, little eyes sticking out. But I'd never, I'd never seen it before, um, what, two days ago when we watched it to get ready for the podcast. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad I got to it. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of 80s gorilla cheese. I just love it. It's so weird. It's, it's so a must watch. Yeah. It's so strange. It's one of those movies, like, if you're talking to people about, you know, if you're in a group of people and everyone's talking about horror movies, and you whip out Basket Case, you know, you're showing your, like, horror movie cred. Like, it's not, it's not, <laughs> you know. caring member. Yeah, I mean, people know Dawn of the Dead and stuff, but Basket Case is a special sort of uh, creation. I, I just love it. It's just so strange. Yeah. Well, when you when you talked about the, the guerrilla filmmaking and things like that, and the, the links to Romero and how Night of the Living Dead came about, you know, these guys were dumpster diving, for pieces of furniture for the right. set. And and it's funny because when you look at it, like let's say the, the doctor's office, and I, I just want to point out the names of the doctors. Dr. Needleman. Needleman. Dr. Cutter. Like, you know. <laughs> right. but, but when you look at Dr. Needleman's office, not only does he have a filing cabinet, but he has four fucking, like, file drawers on like stacked on top of it. If I went to a doctor's office and my doctor's office looked like that, I'd be like, no, nah, I gotta, I need a second and opinion. To be fair, that place looked like a shithole. Everything in this film looks like yeah, a shithole. I shit mean, hole. it just the walls were dirty, the, everything <laughs> yeah. was scuffed, the door was all fucked up, and 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 just everything was so dirty everything and nasty. I'm like, I don't think I need to be seen and that bad. And that's the beauty of Frank Hinnenlauter, is that everything in all of his films looks like fucking scummy, just nasty garbage. Yeah, early 80s New York City. Baby. Right, but right. Was, but the thing was, he had on his desk a PDR 33, which was the current PDR. <laughs> so, so it was a real doctor, obviously. 
Right, yeah. right, yeah. Desk reference. I love yeah. that he's stuffing his face with, I don't know what it was, calzone or pizza, yeah. you know? It was <laughs> disgusting. I can't stand it to watch people chew. Yeah. It looked like a brain. And I was like... I was thinking like a giant meatball. Like he just yeah, shoved the whole thing right into his it. mouth. Right. And you're just like, oh, I don't want to watch you chew. But then he, when he gets on the phone, he like, the, the, the guy who played the doctor, he was like 110%. He like oh, went... Yeah. Like he was screaming into the phone. Like that was going to make things happen quicker. Right, right. He sold that shit. Yeah, it was. He was all the way to eleven. He's got. He's got the best death in the movie too. I think. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, the, yeah, the scalpel. I don't know. Yeah, the <laughs> They're all kind of. This yeah, one. I enjoyed Doctor Cover being a cougar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that. That kind of creepy, sort of date rapey scene with her. When she's sitting across the table from her beau, whoever, I don't know who he was supposed to be. Aww. And she's like trying to get him drunk. That was a little. Oh, a little, you're yeah. cute when you're drunk. I you was know? like, um, oh, she's trying to get some of that that young stuff. I yeah. like you when you're slobbering, I think she says. Yeah. 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 She's a cougar. She's a cougar. Just keep I mean, you know, her. more props to her, but not props to her because that's creepy. If you're trying to get somebody drunk to fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what your gender is, right? Not everything okay. from the eighties translates well into the uh, you know the the naughty twenties. Right. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't count his his beautiful head of hair because that that translates star really billing well. his hair. His well, hair. Which one? The, the guy she was trying to bang or Dwayne? Or Dwayne. Dwayne. Dwayne's, Dwayne's hair. hair. All I kept seeing was Bob Geldof and his hair back then. <laughs> Bob Geldof. He's better looking than Bob Geldof, though, but he did have the hair. Yeah, he had the same hair. Oh, man, that hair. And he's, gonna... the funny thing is, he still has that hair. Right, except it's just great. It's just salt and pepper now. Right, right. I mean, that's glorious fucking hair. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if you guys knew this. Kevin Van Henrik is a sculptor. He's a self-taught sculptor, and yes. I, I went to his webpage yesterday and looked at some, his fucking sculpting skills are amazing. Well, he helps sculpt uh, Belial. Yeah, his sculpting skills are fucking amazing. Yeah, he fronted a rock band, too. I can see that. In the Catskill Mountains. But since we're talking about hair, can we talk about Sharon? Because oh, that wig! Immediately when I saw her, I was like, "Girl, that wig!" Girl, yeah, I was laughing that so wig. hard. I was like, "How much of the budget did they put on this wig?" <laughs> Not much, because it was a bad wig. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was bad. That was samurai cop bad. <laughs> well, right, right, but they was it really? Her, but they didn't give her a hat. They didn't give her a headband, a scarf. They could have written it off any kind of way to to add to some covering. But then I found out they had to give her a wig because she had shaved her head because yeah. she was a front woman for a punk band. Yeah, yes. a punk band. What is more fucking early eighties than that? Right. She shaved her head for a and the the name of the punk band was Tattooed Vegetables. <laughs> Vegetables. <laughs> Vegetables. Vegetables. Yeah, vegetables. That is so early eighties. It just makes me nostalgic. Well, can I just since we're talking about Sharon. <laughs> When he goes to the doctor's office, and he just wants to go in and visit the doctor, and she finds out, oh, he's he's from upstate. He's not from New York City. She gets visibly fucking angry that he hasn't visited any of the fucking hotspots. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. she is fucking pissed. 
And I was like, like we were sitting there watching it, and I was like, why don't I remember how fucking angry she like, got? Dial it back. Yeah, like she he hadn't been to the fucking World Trade Center. Like, what the fuck is wrong with right. you? Right. Hadn't been to the World Trade Center, hadn't been to the Empire State yeah. Building. <laughs> she Not gets, been to the Statue of Liberty. Liberty. She gets fucking angry. Right. And it's like and he goes, I just got here the day before, and I don't know where anything is. It, and she's still angry, and it's that's like... no excuse. <laughs> How dare you? It made me It made me think, I told it, Candy and I quoted it, it made me think of that scene in MST3K in uh, uh, Merlin, where she's like, God damn it, I could stab you in the eyes right now. You stupid bastard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a little bit of a dig at, like, sort of New York... Uh, the residents of New York City, Manhattan, specifically, their self-importance. Yeah. Oh my God! You know, right? I think that's a little bit of a dig at that. You haven't, even though like, they don't says, go themselves, right? But but you haven't been. You haven't yeah. seen, you know, the Met. You haven't seen, you know. The, and he was like, "I just been. I got here yesterday." You know, yeah. she's still. That's no excuse. And we yeah. need to get you an "I Love New York" shirt. Yeah, but you can tell she's digging on him from the word go. You know, she's right. immediately you know, him up and yeah, you know, squeaks yeah. at him. Yeah, she squeaks. Yeah. <laughs> she squeaks. I mean, they're they're foot in the door. He starts squeaking. Okay. <laughs> so he he introduces her to his brother. Okay, um, I have to talk about that. Let's hear about it. Okay, now that's probably the most the part of the movie that bothers me the most. Belial. Um, it's gross. Well, Belial, but I mean, I'm talking about. Okay, so she's there. She 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 meets Belial because she shows up because she's sad because her boss died, and she I can only think about you and and he's all like okay and they're getting ready to go to Pound Town or whatever, and um there's Belial and she's just like what the fuck and he like throws some shit over her head throws her out and she's all like screaming for him let me in let me in like after I saw some shit like that I'd be like fuck you but then <laughs> yeah. but then Belial's kind of like well I want to touch boobs. <laughs> and then goes to her place. Yeah. And and okay, it, it's it's just gross anyway. Um, that I mean, like, I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't know how to even put this in the words. Well, but like it's... it's just when he pull, you know, because he kills her and he's like humping her, and there's you know blood and stuff, and he picks Belial up, you know, because Dwayne shows up. And he's like, no, she was good. Picks her up. Bigs blow up and there's all this liquid. And he, his whole bottom bit is bloody. bloody. Yeah, I didn't want to. Bloody, ask but there's that. also a liquid, a clear liquid that is dripping. And I'm like, oh, oh, God, no. Oh, please stop this. Make it stop. That, yeah, but, that's, that, it, but that scene, I thought that scene was really interesting because you're seeing it as sort of point of view and you think it's Dwayne. Uh, at first, until you realize it's actually Belial, but he's psychically, yeah. you know, transmitting that back to Dwayne. Yeah, so they yes. they have this twist. they have this psychic link, and and Dwayne had mentioned to where like he used to be able to talk to Belial that way. Yeah, when they were physically connected, and, right? And, and and he lost that ability, but Belial can still talk to him, and so like when when Dwayne is like you know getting intimate with Sharon. Belial feels that and I think that he feels like a tinge of jealousy you know like he wants to live a normal life too you know yeah. or he wants to bang a chick too you know or whatever it is that he's feeling and so like he gets jealous and Dwayne feels that 
And so he has to he has to deal with that while he's trying to, you know, uh, romanticize Sharon or whatever. And so when Dwayne goes, I saw all kinds. When I was looking up ammunition for Sean's shitty reviews, I saw all kinds of people talking about, oh, the rape scene, oh, the rape scene. And I'm like, I didn't. I didn't really feel like that was a rape scene, like because not once did I did I see that 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 Belial has a penis. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you could he had say a like, fluid. oh, he was he was humping her. You ask me, he was just kind of rocking back and forth, kind of making the you know like. Well, like, humping is not the same as fucking. Right, and and, and, and why didn't you? Well, knowing he's just a conjoined twin, right? That. You know, he shares the the psychic ability with with Dwayne, so maybe you know in his mind he thought he was you know having sex with this woman, but he really was just kind of rocking back and forth. But yeah, when I saw I get to that scene and I'm just like, no, I don't think he's raping her. I think he's like straight up killed her and like is kind of simulating yes. what it would be like. Well, he wants to, yeah, he wants to know what it's like, but then when she. When she realizes it's it's Belial, she screams, and that's when he kills her. Right. It, it's, right. It's it's almost uh, and then he's Franken's, going. Yeah, it's like Frankenstein when he the little girl by the uh, pond. You know, he he wants to, he gives her what wants to give her a flower, and she screams. And he chucks her. Is he? You know, he wants to know what it's like to be normal, but then he realizes it's never going to happen. Right. So right. He kill he kills her. Yeah. It, it is a, it is a weird it is kind of a weird scene. Yeah, it's yes. the one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those people that would go and, and write a review and be like, oh, the rape scene, the rape scene. It was it didn't feel like rapey in the way where it's like actually rape. I mean, he well, fucking kills her. It, I, he, she, he's, she's being violated, that's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't call it a straight up rape scene like we've seen in other films that are very disturbing. Like, let's say I spit on your grave. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. But yeah, like it, it's very much like you were saying, like, uh a simulation of just trying to see what it feels like because we've seen him feel up, you know, the boobs of Casey, um, you know, her breasts and she was screaming like, Oh, there's something, there's this thing. And it was touching me. And, you know, cause he just wanted to like touch her breasts, you know? Yeah. And, you know, because, um, he's getting these, uh, you know, the psychic link as to, you know, Dwayne's interested in a girl and Hey, I, I want to be interested in a girl, you know? But, you know, that just goes really badly. And, uh, but it's just, it was more of just like the, the grossness of the fluids and the, you know, I mean, it was just a gross out thing. And yes, I don't like it to see a woman violated, alive or dead. Um, but I, I'm not those people who go on, online and just yell at people about, you shouldn't watch this because whatever, you know, this is a beloved movie. And, um, you know, if you don't, if, you, if you're sensitive to that, then, I mean, don't fucking watch it. Right, yeah. I mean, it's and it is kind of funny because of the psychic link, and you see that that dream sequence with Dwayne, um, <laughs> who's overly sweaty, like to the point to where it's like huge beads of fucking sweat. Um, Lots but, of glycerin. But you see, his, you see his hand, like you remember, I kind of joked because he kind of like takes his finger and like pokes the nipple. Yeah, right. I was like, right. like, like, like who's sure ever, yeah, like who's ever done that? Like, just yeah, I'm like, boop. Boop, boop, um, but but I almost took that as like that was actually Belial doing that, but Dwayne was dreaming that he was doing it. Um, 
so I guess, in a sense, yes, you could say that Belial was trying to rape the woman. Yes. But I never really took it as that. You know what I'm saying? So Seems it's like a, a curiosity. It's all up to, you know, uh, interpretation. You know, it's because it wasn't it's not okay. Yeah, but... because it wasn't blatant. It wasn't blatantly obvious. You know what I'm saying? To me, in, to me, in in my perspective, we all just that's got the, canceled. The, that's <laughs> the pathos of this movie is that both of them want to be normal, right? Uh, Dwayne obviously has a better shot of it, uh, but they both want to be normal, and neither one of them can be. Yeah, and no. speaking of normal, like when Dwayne comes home and he just like takes a whole package of hot dogs and just dumps blizzies. And God. then that shaking you like num 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 num, <laughs> cracking my shit up. I love yeah. that. That's one of and my. And then later on with the right hamburgers. There. Yeah, that's Those my nasty. cat right there. I love the uh, reveal of Belial. Yeah. When we finally get to see, because we're all curious, what's in the basket? You know? Yeah, because you keep I, seeing it. He kind of hints around, like you know, what's in the basket? What's in the basket? And then you kind of see like the first person perspective from Belial. Right. And you see, like, maybe the hand, you know, you see, like, the hand, you know, reach out. But then, like, when you actually get to, to lay your eyes on what Belial really is. You're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I knew I was, it's, I mean, it, obviously, it, it, it's been around for a while, so I knew what Belial looked like, you know, and I'd seen parts of the movie. But I just love that reveal, finally. It, it, it's, it comes at the right point in the film. It lives up to your expectations. Right. And exceeds sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the, how sad is it that we, we talk about the scene, the, uh, the the flashback scenes when you see the father. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to articulate, but it's so that's the that's the part of this movie that got me in the gut. We're like brain damage with the addiction. Mm -hmm. This the, the, the fact that the father is so um, disgusted by his, you know, the, he's got to basically he's got two children, the one, you know, the normal one quote. And the other one he's so disgusted by because he's less than perfect. It's just, it's very sad. I, I'm trying to articulate that, but it's it, how, how cruel and, and cold the father is towards Belial, mm -hmm. which, which well, sort of gives you sympathy towards his rage later on. Well, the father's more upset that that his wife died. And the wife died, and right. So, so he he's takes angry about it that. out on the monstrosity. But he doesn't even give a shit about it. Yeah, he says, you know, I, he, I, he does, the father doesn't even really care about either one of them. But I just want, the aunt. Yeah, want, yeah, just cut it, cut it off. It's, yeah, yeah, the aunt was the only one that gave them, you know, perfect love. Yeah, Both and and, and that's kind of what... where she's reading him the story, and he's and like Bilal's in, the her, la in her lap. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cute. <laughs> I, love that scene. I don't but know why you... I just thought it was cute, but it's kind of cute. It's but adorable. Then you, but it's then adorable. you see, like, like once the aunt dies, like that's when everything changes. Because the yes. aunt was the one that was kind of like keeping them satiated i guess you could say like right. calm. also from the, the father as much yeah and she protected them right right and and the, yeah because when the when the uh um was it when the father died yes and she, she was over. and she was like oh yeah they you know they don't know who the murderer is and yeah she said okay, i'll make come out, cover you can it come up out and yeah. you're safe now because she knew and, yeah yeah and she was like and they think belial is dead and I don't know where they are, so you both are safe. Yeah, they, they come they, out now. They they literally they excise Belial from and they literally throw him into the trash. He's in yeah. a trash bag when Dwayne finds him. Right. That's really quite it's sad. Dark. Yeah. yeah. It's very sad. That's where a Hemelotter uh, hits you in the fields, you know. 
Yeah. He surprisingly yeah. can pull that off very well. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's where this movie affected me the most is the, the feeling of, of being rejected by your, well, the mother's dead, but by the father because you're less than sort of the perfect, what he thought the perfect son would be. But he just literally throws him out in the trash, with the trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really quite sad. That's where this Dwayne movie got me. loves his brother. Yeah, well, and then they, and they, they're, they're, they're dedicated to, well, Dwayne's dedicated to Bilal. Bilal just kind of wants revenge at this point. One and Dwayne's gonna make that happen for him, yeah, and Dwayne, Dwayne wants it too. Yeah, he only yeah. approves those kind of kills, it, you know, and, and that becomes you know later on a problem when he's killing all these people and he's like, "You're not supposed to do that." I said it was okay to do, get these people that separated us, but you know that's it, because you know he's part and partial to that because he's the one that can pass his, you know, that that comes off as normal, presents normal. And that's why I chose the, the quote that I did. But do you guys know uh, the meaning of the word Belial? Let's I... hear it. Um, it is a Hebrew word, and it means wicked or worthless. Yeah, worthless. Yeah, that's where, I mean, who, who hasn't felt worthless in the eyes of their parents i don't know that we i think we all feel that to a point right yeah, right. you don't yeah. live up you disappoint them in some way i mean i dropped out of cup you know yeah well We're, yeah think think about it as growing up and and i've explained this to my kids when when i heard my mom say i'm not mad at you i'm just disappointed i would like, always cry that was 10 times worse right i'd rather you just be mad at me please. right be right mad at me that'll be hate over me. but like hate me all you want yeah yeah, Even it's now, that, it's my that, mom tells me she's disappointed me. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it stings. <laughs> it hurts. And yeah, so it's like, you know, so the father treated Belial that way, and the father ends up dying. And Belial... Through a murder machine. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which was fucking outrageous, because first off, I would not be walking barefoot in that basement no. at all. I was waiting for that to happen because he kept showing his bare feet, and I was and like, "Oh, yeah!" He stepped on that that nail, and I was just like, "Nah, I wouldn't even fucking be walking around a a nasty, grimy New York basement barefoot." Right? <laughs> um, but then, secondly, yeah, that fucking murder machine, and the fact that he stood there for five minutes, like staring at it while it was fucking screaming, screaming saw at that's him. running a pitchfork. Yeah. We got some knives in there. Hmm, I wonder where this is going. Let's just take all of these sharp instruments and fucking tape them all together and then just put and them on a fucking And it was on a, on a slant, too, slant. and he's yeah. like, I'm going to stand here and see what happens. Uh, see what's going on. <laughs> Not yeah. really sure. But but so, and, and so the aunt who was, was holding things together with Belial and Dwayne, she dies, and we see her, her funeral, and then all of a sudden shit gets crazy. And that's when Dwayne's like, okay... Let's go get revenge on these motherfuckers that that did this procedure. Dining right? room surgery. Right, right. And so that's when we get to meet, you know, Dr. Needler and Dr. <laughs> Cutter. What was the other one? Lift litter? Yeah. Lift yeah. Lift something. Lift lander. Lift lander. Lift lander. I knew it was something wild like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't have his name written down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and isn't she's a vet, isn't she a veterinarian? She's a veterinarian. Yeah, and so yeah. he brings her the it's a he brings her the for the basket. It's a cat. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a cat. he's like, well, you can put it on the table. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a cat. Yeah, 
It's my dick in a box. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to talk about part of the promo for this movie. Um, Rex Reed, um, the quote that he said, who he was a reviewer, he said, this is the sickest movie ever made. Well, without his permission, it was used in the promotional uh, campaign, like on the cover of the VHS, uh, which is where it found its home. It obviously had no success in the limited theaters it showed, but but home video saved it yeah. and uh, made it the cult classic. But it, it says, this is the sickest movie ever, and Rex Reed was pissed. <laughs> and then he finally, after Hannah Lauder, um, how he found out, how he got that quote was was by um, Hennenlauter asked him himself. And, and obviously nobody knew who Frank Hennenlauter was. Well, some people still don't. Um, you know, he's kind of a, a niche thing. No. But um, Frank Hennenlauter just straight up asked him, what did you think of the movie? It was the sickest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and he used it. And then Rex Reed eventually, like, relents and said, okay, yeah, you can keep that. Because right. I, it is the sickest fucking movie I've ever seen. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Rex well, Reed's I, like, fuck it, I just, whatever. It's yeah. sick. You know, that's fine. And I, and I love it at the end in the credits, you know, he, he shouts out Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Yes. Yeah. You know, which is, you know. Blood feast. From, from, oh. from one pioneering filmmaker to another. I mean. We I like, do, like they... Wizard of Gore or something. Yeah. But we did Blood Feast and that didn't go so well. <laughs> Never saw the light of day. Never did. That people are like, are you ever going to release it? I'm like, no. Doesn't exist. Does not exist anymore. <laughs> Lost it. Yeah. yeah on like purpose. How read it. I like how we did have it for quite some time, but it, it it's lost now because we got rid of it. Hey, shut up and let Crystal talk. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Hey. I like how the credits they they were like, oh, we don't we don't think the credits are long enough. We don't have enough people, so let's just throw in names. They just <laughs> added names. They, they just, made just them threw up in too, names. and you can tell which ones they are because I'm like, there is no one in the world right. named that. Yeah, <laughs> right. One of them, somebody from the fly. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> that's funny. Yep. But I like I, the basket. As soon as I saw, you know, like rehash the basket, I looked at Dave and I was like, you know, it's kind of reminds me of a little shop of horrors with the little lady in the radio station with the basket. Like she had the box, right? Chained up. Right. I've always <laughs> wondered what was in that box, and now we know. Now we know. <laughs> yeah. Um I just I guess I'll save it for my review. Never mind. I'll hold that one back. <laughs> You're holding out on us. I have to, <laughs> because otherwise, I, I I might as well fucking give my review, and I'm like, no, no. Oh, wait. we got we got other things to do before that. Yeah, yes, you we know, do. At least there's no dudes of wrath, and there's no Coopavilles on this one. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I like yeah. Big Trouble and Little China's the theme song. I do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, do too. Oh, you Big know. Trouble and oh Little China. You know, they, as far as like you know, sound, you could you could definitely tell like they added some things where they could, but other than that, it's, it's oh yeah, that's can, something that's something I wanted to mention in this. Um, you know, I, I've talked a couple of times about like the foley artists, the one that create the sounds for film. Yeah. There are so many scenes in this where the sounds are so off and yeah. so wrong. 
And Crystal, I see you. Do you want to take it? Do you want to? You want to? You want to talk about it? I don't know if you're going to mention what I think you're going to mention. Well, you are in the medical field, so probably. No, it's oh. what I want to mention is not medical. It's well, about the, Frank. Okay. Well, there were a couple scenes that kind of they were cutting. Uh huh. And it it almost sounded like they were just peeling duct tape off of something. <laughs> yeah. Like you know it was. They, you you know how you get duct tape and you like rip it in half. Yeah. That's probably what they did, and they were like, "Oh, that sounds just right." Right. Yeah. And I'm like, "No, that's not what that should sound like but at you all." Know, you, I don't you know, think we can get that deep on, on this film. You know you what know, I'm saying? Got, well, if you've got really taut skin, so really like nice firm skin depending on where you're cutting it can kind of sound like that but not really right. um but more or less what I, I i as far as the foley artist what i was gonna say is where people are walking or where they're outside and you should hear someone walking but the steps don't add up that is our dear friend Frank wearing high heels, just stomping around. I was going to say that, yes. yes. And he's like, I don't like to admit it, but that's anytime you hear anybody in heels, that's me. Yeah, he he was just stomping around, like just having a grand old time. I think his feet fucking hurt. He needed that lidocaine spray for those heels. Yeah. That's I can't awesome. say the one thing Bilal did that disgusted me more than anything. More mm. than anything. I think I may know what it is. You probably do. Was that when Dwayne was trying to figure out where the motherfucker was hiding, boom, popped up out of the fucking toilet. Yep. And he was, <laughs> I like, was like, coolies. Here, like, the fucking scuff. And then yeah. they have like, a conversation with Bilal kind of sitting in the just toilet. Just sitting not, on the toilet. They have a little like, brotherly chat. You know, like, That's, oh. you, can, can I tell you something? You can hear you, the you squelching. Can, you can tell yeah. me anything. That's that's kind of us with our cats. Yeah. Whenever we go into the bathroom, our cats follow us. Oh yeah, Tibby follows me in the bathroom. Oh, and yeah. so and, a group pee. Yeah, and so know? one of us is sitting on the toilet, and the cat's sitting at our feet, just kind of staring at us. Or yeah. or no, yeah. with the beans, he likes to pee when I'm peeing, yeah. and so I'm like, wow, we're having a group pee, and I don't know if this is awkward. <laughs> well, when Brenda does it, Brenda will this. make eye contact with you full on the whole time, and Beans just acts like. I'm just here to pee. Yeah. Well, you just happen to be here. This is my bathroom. And I'm like, oh, Yeah, they hey. make it weird. They make it real weird. Yeah, they Tibby will like rub awkward. across your legs and stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, let me just pet you and well, push you kind of out of the way. Cause I, I thought when my kids were toddlers, my, my, my bathroom privacy privileges would be, you know, like, would you know, like that's a terrible time because it's like you can't even piss in, in private. You, and you then, can't. No. And then and then it's like they grow up and, and you know I always have to have cats and then the cats burst in because like the, the our door you have to like really shut it hard and I never do and yes. so then the cat, cat bursts in I'm on the toilet right peeing and then the doors <laughs> open and I'm like a child one of my children who are not little but uh, that's worse um could come into my bedroom and just see into the master bath and I'm like hi peeing cat ran in here uh just walk away yeah can't get like up yet Jack Torrance when it comes to the bathroom she just bust in there like yeah. hey what are you doing and then sometimes they'll just turn around and walk out i'm like well you fucking right. dick you fucking right. asshole learn to shut the door too like and then she's taking it one step further in the mornings when i'm like showering 
and she will rip the shower curtain back like she's fucking Norman Bates. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. Appreciate read, that. Read, read. Right. Ronnie does that sometimes. Or he, lay, he either lays up against the side of the tub because I take like the steaming, scalding showers. Or mm-hmm. he'll get in between the shower curtains. <laughs> like the liner yeah, and the like... curtain. And I'm just like, dude. And I'll open it and he's just like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? Weird he's up with no, you I cats get... like looking at me naked. I got to say, Crystal, I... I didn't think you were going to mention the toilet scene. I thought you were going to talk about the scene where when Belial goes in to Sharon's room and before he pulls the the, the sheet back, he, like, oh. takes his hand and, like, and caresses her, her foot. Foot? Yeah. I, that, I thought that's the part you were yeah, going to Yeah, that one kind of made me queasy. <laughs> the, the toilet scene got me worse, though. Because, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're invested. Like, he's... You know, Dwayne's uh, telekinetically, you know, linked with Belial. So you know that Belial's somewhere in the room. So, like, he's even trying to figure it out. But then you kind of hear, like, the gurgle from the toilet. And I think the toilet flushes. And then he just pops out, like, you know, surprise! Like, here I am! Yeah. And, like, with the Sharon scene, he, like, caresses her foot. And, like, I told Dave, I was like, ugh! No. With me, it's like spit. I can't do spit. Or yeah. Fluids. Like blood's okay, but like fluids, you know? Yeah. Like fluids. No. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Smegma. I can't dispute them. I can't. I can't dispute them or someone hocking up a loogie. Okay, um, should, I, should I be writing this down? or? Yeah, take notes. <laughs> How do you spell sputum? Sputum? Sputum. Yuck. Yuck. So, yeah. um... So what else? Oh, we haven't talked about Casey. I love Casey. How much? You know, she's in all of Frank Henenlotter's films. Yeah. We love, I love her in this. She's, she's literally great. in this. The hooker with the heart of gold. She is. She keeps him. She stops him from being ripped off. Like she tries to advise him, you know, you shouldn't show that money around. She's the only one who really takes a real other than Sharon. She takes a real interest in him, and that's how we get the backstory. Yeah, I love her in this. She's great. Yeah, Hannah Lauder wrote that, and it was actually a small part, but he was so impressed uh, with the actress. What's her name? Bonnie. I, 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 Bonnie Baker. Yes, he was so impressed with her that he he fleshed it out so she would be, you know, kind of like. A bigger part. Beverly yeah. Bonner. Beverly. Okay. Well, oh, it was yeah. a B name. I'm sorry. But, yeah, um, I knew both were Bs. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I knew there was Bs. But um, but she's really great. And she's actually, she's in Brain Damage. She's in Frankenhooker. She's, she's in all of his movies. Um, sometimes, you know, much smaller parts. But um, he really, really is just so impressed with her and had, like, this major, like, thing where he just, like, had to have her in all of his movies. But she has a very prominent role here in Basket Case. And she's one of my, she's probably one of my favorite characters. Um, yeah. I really she, like her character. Yeah, she was great. And I'm glad she was spared. She was uh, she was in brain damage too. She was yes. the the neighbor was that that, that came and knocked on the the door. Yeah, I like how we're introduced to her in this movie, and you kind of see her, and you know what's going to take place as you you see her scene. But she reaches down to her shoe and pulls her key out. <laughs> yeah. 
like the most uncomfortable, just, hun, just put it in the bra. Just, yeah. Right. Right. Just reach in, you know, don't walk she, on, don't walk on the just seat. winks at him too. Like, yeah, so I'm turning tricks. It's okay. <laughs> just, right. Just doing her thing. Making yeah. right, right off the bat. No, yeah. She, I got to pay rent somehow. <laughs> got to make that $20 a day. Yeah, I know. Right. I was like, $20 a day? Dang. For New know. York City? Fuck yeah. Right. That's right. Times Square. Well, we yeah. think about like, like a uh, fucking maniac, which was two years before a hundred dollars. Take you, you know, you all around the world. The ultimate. Yeah. Oh. Depends on, yeah. It depends on where you go today. hundred dollars to take you around the world. Get you the special. The, the, special. The special. <laughs> Like, what is the special? Well, apparently it means you get murdered, but, you know. Right. right. $100 to make you holler. That's um, right. <laughs> um, the, the gentleman that plays young Dwayne, um, Sean McCabe, in the flashbacks, he has gone on to do, he's a stunt double and a stunt coordinator for, like, everything. Aliens, Aliens 3, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, uh, many, many things. Like he, he, as far as like people that have gone on to do things, uh, I think his, his catalog was one that uh, impressed me the most. Yeah. Um, as far as what he's gone on to do. He hasn't acted in many things. I think he had like three acting credits, but uh, as far as his stunt uh, stunt work, he has like 86 stunt credits to his to his portfolio with uh, stunt coordination and then um, stunt work and stuff. I mean, he's gone on to do some big, big work. Uh, the Mummy, uh, the 99 version uh, with Brendan Fraser um, and, and a lot of big big name movies um that's some of the interesting stuff that we come across when we we cover some of these films that you see how you know like you said a you know a stunt worker or you know an actor or special effects artist where they get their start but then you look at the the filmography and they've they've ended up doing so many other films like there were some films that we did for you know special effects guys that worked on Star Wars that worked on you know ended up working on some of the Marvel films you know things like right. that that have had like amazing careers but like this is where they got their start right yeah the dude uh, being mystery science theater fans what the dude from Zombie Nightmare with the Farrah Fawcett hair I can't think of his oh, name oh yeah he's uh, he went on. Frank Dietz yeah. No, not Frank Deitch. The no. one who played the, the main, the main the bad guy. guy. The, oh, the, John Michael Thor. He's the no, the director dude. Yeah, he. I, he, I can't he just directed the Ryan Reynolds Netflix. Yeah, movie. he's like the, He's like behind Stranger Things, and he directed. Yeah, it's just from such humble beginnings, you know. The bad boy. Yeah, yeah he was the one with the big, with yeah, with the poof. Oh yeah, that guy. Okay. Levy. Like the there's one, someone the who, with the feathered the hair. The one who I, throws I spaghetti. Right, right. Yeah. Threw pasta at my mom today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was Zombie Nightmare had quite a lot of people come out of there. Frank Deans is one. No. Um who was in that. He was in when we, we were doing Black Roses uh on, on Joe Bob, 
for the the Valentine's Day special, I was like, this movie's awful, and Frank Dietz looks way too old in it. But Zombie Nightmare was the year before, and he looked like way too, or no, a year after, and he looked way too young. Yeah, he's like, he's like 19 years old. He's right. like a detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's he looked way too old to be a teenager, and I'm like, what guy? What is this guy? Why? <laughs> What is his magic and how and do I he, get He's it? actually, yeah, Frank Deese is an incredible um, illustrator and artist and animator, too. Yeah, he works for Disney. Yeah, he's he, uh, just, again, again, these people have humble beginnings, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just amazing how uh, we get these people that star in these, these like, really kind of, like, Z-grade movies and then go on to have these illustrious careers. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Was, it, was it Sean Levy? Is yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah the, uh, he's directed. What was the one we just watched with Ryan Reynolds? Him and Ryan Reynolds have a oh, Free a Guy project. and the Atom Project. He did. Yeah, the, the Atom, Atom Project. project. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so you know, from from yeah, he's a well-renowned uh, director. Yeah. Yeah, he's directing the next Marvel movie. To uh, Sean Levy oh. was announced. Deadpool from, three. From Chuck and Pasta, his mom to you know the Atom yeah. Project. You know. Marvel yeah. Movie. You know, yeah. and, uh, so I've, I've never done shit with my life. So who am I to say? Oh, baby, I am. Hey, what says we're not doing shit right now? We're doing shit. We're doing I am shit. We're sitting right here. We're doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So, I guess is there anything that anybody would like to add before we go into our versus question? I had slight PTSD from the twin nurses uh, because when I was in school, we had to wear the full outfits with the hats. And so that took me back. Oh, um, wow. And my hair is so thin that the hat just kind of slid back. Uh, the problem I have, if you notice, I keep having to adjust this. I have really thin really i mean my hair is getting fuller again but it doesn't get super full and it's really straight and kind of slick so like bobby pins no i have to use the barrettes that i always use but like this thing keeps wanting to fall and i'm like no stay on my head so i feel yeah. like I feel you. yeah that's how that's how it was in, in our school they wouldn't let us wear barrettes and there we had to wear uh bobby pins that were the same color as our hair and see, bobby pins would not have stayed in my hair. And they, they didn't hold in mine. It, it would just slowly start to slide back. Oh, and do we talk about Dr. Cutter's death? Let me just say, you know, oh, as far, yeah, as, yeah. As, far as, uh, as horror movie deaths go, pretty fucking epic, you know? It goes on for a long time. She though. screams for about three and a half minutes, I And think. it's not <laughs> just the screaming. It's like this glug, glug, Yeah, this guttural that she's got the scalpel sticking out of her face. And, and you think they're going to get caught because... The nurse is here. Right. They try to get into the room. She opens the drawer and she's like grabbing like a scalpel and right. she drops it. And, and she grabs four steps and she and drops it. says, oh, no, you don't. Right. I mean, she's grabbing all these instruments that she could use to defend herself mm-hmm. and then, you know, fucks it up. I guess what? She's a woman. She fucks it up. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I just love that. I just love that scream. Yeah, that, that death scream at the end. It goes on. It goes on way longer than it should. And I just that, that's just that, that's the the weirdness of of his films. It's just it's sort of they're not normal. They're they're different. You know, they're well, it wasn't sideways. Exploding hookers with from super crack, but you know. <laughs> I forgot. Oh my about god! The super I love crack. the super crack. That scene. Oh my god! I love the super crack. And the the. 
trepanation where he's like, I can't th okay, we'll get right here. I know, I won't kill him, but the super crack will. So it's not right. really my fault. <laughs> I'm making super I crack. I forgot about super crack. Yeah, whenever I think of Henelotter, I, th I go back to brain damage because I'd never seen any of his films before. And that was the one that well, we all know Brain Damage is my favorite. That was the one that impacted me the most, yeah. Uh, and, and so, but I'd forgotten about the super crack. I honestly, and showing my hand a little bit, but uh, we already, we've already done it, so it's okay if I do that. Um, we've already done Brain Damage, but I think Brain Damage is his masterpiece. I think it's the hidden gem. I think it's really <coughs> him working to the best of his ability and having something to say and doing it really, really well with enough weirdness in there for it to be a Hen and Lauder film. Yeah, exactly right. That scene in the, we're talking about a different movie now, but that scene in the, in the hotel bathroom when Elmer is saying, oh, you know, you'll be back, you know, that's, that's addiction. That was addiction talking to him. You'll be oh, yeah. back. You're going to come crawling back to me. And oh, what yeah. does he do? And, and he does. He goes crawl, crawling crawl, back. Yeah. He crawls. Yeah, that 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 was the most impactful of all of Head and stuff for me. Yeah, for me too. Um, I I enjoy Frankenhooker. I wish it was like gorier, but yeah, Frankenhooker is probably his funniest film. It is hilarious. It's yeah, hilarious. I love sluts and bolts. Got any money? <laughs> if there's anything I can say about Hen and Lauder, though, like looking at this film as his first film. Like, he encapsulates, like, the environment so well. Like, that grimy, that gritty. Yeah, early 80s New York. You yeah. Feel like, you feel like you need a shower after this. Yeah. Or and, midway through. And, I think and, it's midway and, through. And while I think that, that Frankenhooker and Brain Damage are much better, like, production value-wise, but he still gets that that environment oh, yeah. so well. You see it throughout all three films. Yeah, and and Frankenhooker came out in ninety. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and it's and it's funny too because when we compare it to Jason Takes Manhattan, which we talked about earlier, you know, that was filmed in Vancouver. Jason Takes Vancouver. And it was supposed to be <laughs> New York City in the eighties, in the late eighties, but, but you could tell, you know, you compare that with like a Hinnenlauter film. You know, and it's like, um, no, that's not really. That's like exaggerated New York. Yeah, Hemlatter got it. He understood. Yeah. Well, he's from he, there. He want he wanted to make a movie that would be shown in Times Square. Well, when well, he was writing it, he got the inspiration just by walking down through Times Square. The whole inspiration for the film came to him. He he said, uh, I believe I wrote it down. Give me one second. Um, yeah, he wrote the film Walking Around Times Square, calling it a seedy, wonderful atmosphere. That's a quote. Yeah, seedy and wonderful. That's exactly how I remember it back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's Again, as long as you're out of there by nightfall. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I think that's a testament to somebody like Hinnenlauter or, you know, I mean, uh, uh, who was it? Bill Lustig that did Maniac? Yes, Bill Lustig. Like, like how well, like he encapsul encapsulated New York City at that time period. Like it's just nasty. It's a it's a neat little time capsule that's so yeah. gritty, and um, that's what Joe Bob always says about them. That he's a big fan of Maniac. He's a big fan of all of Hen and Lauder's work, and it's because he loves that it cap it captured that right before you know went away. It was just like you know well, and a lot of people would be like, well, why would you like that? 
you know, well, it's, it's a time gone by that was, it was just like, you know, this place where all these, like, you know, adult. And, and it was scary. And it was, grind it was, houses for, it was and forbidden. It was, yeah, it was forbidden. You know. It was scary. It was gritty. Now it's all Disneyfied and Hamadi. Now you've got the Apple store and the M&M store. Yeah, you know, Grindhouse uh, movies don't exist anymore. Well, kind of like it, Las, kind of like we talk about Las Vegas in like the late seventies when it was it was you know mob ran. right mob and now it's all yeah. you know. bring your yeah. kids. But you think about think of like I think back to like Chud and like you know when they showed like you know the the sewers in Chud where they had like radioactive barrels right, just, just kind of sitting of around yes. and it's like Hang it was out. this exaggerated idea of what you know grimy New York City was. But, you know, like Bill Lustig and, and Hindlenlot are like, they got it. They lived it. They experienced it. Like, this is what it they was. They were there. It wasn't yeah. them writing about it from like an outsider's or a visitor's perspective. It was people who lived there, people who, you know, knew these streets and and knew the environment like their own home, you know, because it was their home and really wanted to capture it. And you can you can tell in those films as compared to, you know, a Jason Takes Manhattan or Vancouver or, you know, um, those other kinds of films that were trying to, to do that. And you can tell the difference because the other ones feel so gritty and so real and so raw. And the other ones feel kind of like, okay, no. really? No. And the one movie that this that, that kept coming back to my mind watching this was um, 1974's It's Alive. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which we need to cover. Forever. Yeah, we need to cover that. But that, that, that's me something too. that kept coming back to me, too. No. That whole, you know, it, it's a monstrosity, but uh, it just wants to be loved. It, it, it's the same kind of feel. Almost, and almost like uh, an early Cronenberg film, uh, The Brood. Oh, my yeah. God. I, God that, movie, that movie scared the piss out of me. Dude, right? it was yeah. fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, what's a, oh, I'm trying to think of another one like that with the oh I got come up with it. You'll think of it. You'll when think the of woman, it later. When the woman gives birth to the Indian shaman through her neck, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I do, but mm, I'm not the that. entity. To... Not the entity. I can't. Oh my god, it's that's on the a fuck. My tongue, because yeah, I was it's like a windingo. Piece about it. Windigo? Yeah, it's a windigo that comes out through her. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I was just reading. Sean, you can edit all this shit out, right? No, 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 no. I'm no, we leave all this, and we won't really hardly edit it. But it's it's very much like the uh, the brood, um, mm -hmm. and it's alive. The yeah, entity? I know. I I'll have to, I have this book called Hidden Horror, yeah. and um, I read a piece because um, it's like writers from like Rue Morgue, Fangoria, um, all the the big horror publications and they write these essays about the manitou you know, the manitou thank you yeah i was gonna say the entity is barbara Hershey. yeah basically this woman gives birth to an, an indian evil spirit through a big old pussy bag in her neck yeah. 1978's The Manitou with yeah. Tony Curtis. Yeah, Tony Curtis. Wow. Tony Curtis. <laughs> uh, Amy so Lee's Spartacus dad. was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at that point, they were all just looking for jobs. Yeah. The golden days of Hollywood were over. Yep. All right, so we want to do some verses. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Round one, fight! <laughs> 
yeah, this one, I'm wondering if we're going to be at a stalemate or I'm just going to get buried. Because, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so our, our, I'm trying to do our verses more of sort of a little bit or a lot uh, reliant upon the film of the night. Obviously, tonight is Basket Case. So our verses tonight was one that I came up with, which was Elmer from Brain Damage versus Belial from this film. Yeah, Hen and Water edition. Yeah, Hen and Water edition. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you guys are, if you guys need to think about it a little bit more, I already know my answer. No, I, I, I'll jump right in on this. All right, um, go on. You know, go ahead on. Belial surprisingly is is very agile for not having any legs, <laughs> and the dude can can move like nobody's business. But I gotta say that. Elmer's kind of got a fucking card up his sleeve with his juice. <laughs> and I think and I think that I think that if Elmer got a hold of of Belial, he could make him crawl across the floor and plead for, his, for juice. his juice. Oh, that scene. Um, I yeah, see this is a tough one because you you got two fucking like like wild uh creatures. Um and I yeah, that's a. This is a real tough one, because I don't see you don't see Elmer moving around a lot. He Elmer gets moved. Yeah, Elmer right? hitches a ride. But Elmer does ride. move because think about when he left the apartment, he escaped no, and got over right. to Brian. You're right. We just don't see it. We just don't. We don't see, it, see it, but it happens. So I okay. So I have to imagine that he's able to move. So I picture this little turd penis just kind of <laughs> squirming around. Um, yeah. So I I I, I think that Belial's got the got him on the moves, but I think that if Elmer got a hold of him, I think Elmer could make Belial his bitch. So I'm gonna have to go with Belial on this one, or Elmer. I'm gonna have to go with say, Elmer what? on this one. After that argument? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Elmer. I'm gonna have to go with Elmer. But that doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Um, because I love the part. And it's a part that some people complain about with brain damage, where we get the story of where the old man comes out near the end of the movie, before we get to our like, part of our climax of, of brain damage, and he's like, "It's not Elmer, it's the Aylmer, and he's been around for thousands of years, and people have killed for him and died for him, and I finally got him, and I know what he's about, and you don't know anything," and it's like, "Dude, yeah." Like, that's some serious shit right there. <laughs> um, like, he survived all kinds of shit. People trying to kill him, trying to kill for him. You know, the Aylmer, or Elmer, um, yeah, I think, you know, Belial definitely has the moves and some ferocity. Um, definitely could, uh, could, could take him on in that way. But I think once Elmer got a hold of him and gave him some juice, it's over. It's over. It's over. So that's two for Elmer. Oh, I get to go first. Um, <laughs> as far as Elmer versus Belial, I don't think that Elmer would be able to inject Belial because Belial, I don't think, possesses the spinal cord needed. But what I think Elmer would do would be to inject Dwayne. And then that would break that 
telekinetic bond that Dwayne and Belial have, and that would break down Belial's kind of means of, you know, interacting with Dwayne and having some kind of power. Uh, Belial is basically just rage, you know, in a nut sack. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like me when I was 15. <laughs> My son you know, right now. You know, I, I'd like to see like Palau versus the, the ghoulies since they both pop up out of toilet. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, in this, I, I agree. I think that Elmer uh, would, would have Belial because um, Elmer has survived so much um, and I think that Elmer could outsmart Belial because I don't think Belial has the capacity to, to have any kind of plan to fight back. I just think he's wrathful and rageful, uh, and just as bent on revenge. I, I don't think he plans. I just think he goes into attack mode. Yeah. Uh, so I think Elmer would very easily be able to just overtake him and probably would use Dwayne in that combat. Good point. Yeah, wow. definitely. Deep. I was just trying to come up with fart jokes and shit. <laughs> 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 Me too. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I got to go with Elmer too, uh, mainly because Elmer's got the singing voice. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, Elmer's yeah. Exactly. He's so charismatic. Yeah. But, but again, Elmer, Elmer is sort of an ancient entity. And, and has intellect and oh, not just intellect, but he almost, he enjoys what he does. You oh, know, yeah. he takes pleasure in what he does. Yeah. You're going to crawl to me where, where, yeah, where Belial is, is just rage. No. Tacky, yeah. Brian. Tacky. <laughs> you're <right. laughs> singing oh. Elmer's tune to him. <laughs> oh, please sing it now. Can you, do you remember it? Oh, come on. Oh, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Nobody Elmer. Had yeah, to suffer Elmer. through that before. All right. <laughs> That's a flawless fucking victory yeah. right there. Fatality. Yeah. <laughs> through brains I think That's it would right. be I think it would be funny to try to see Elmer try to inject Belial though and be like why the fuck isn't this working and realize he doesn't have you know, right. final board. yeah tacky Belial <laughs> <laughs> oh, the claymation would be glorious! Oh right. my god, with oh. with with El- Elmer's eyebrows just kind of yeah. going. Oh up my god, the eyebrows! We need to watch Brain Damage again. <laughs> we do. I Elmer just got is... that beautiful edition, the two disc set of yeah. it, oh. and it's it's beautiful. Elmer could sing Belial a lullaby. And it's the air version with the yeah, and that's all. And that's all Belial wanted was to be loved. That scene where he's sitting in the aunt's lap and she's reading him the story. Well, Elmer could be in the bathtub basking, and 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 Bilal could be in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Crystal. Yeah. Do you know what time it is? I do. It's like the beginning of a Prince song. <laughs> it's more is the time. Water, is the water ready? <laughs> oh, shit. Right. 
to start this out real quick with some uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, the critics gave Basket Case 76%. You're shitting me. I am not shitting you. Oh my god, I wow. I am not shitting you. 76%. The audience gave it 54%. That really <laughs> surprises me. I would have thought... Uh, yeah, you would have thought the critics would have shit all over this, but no, they did not. That's... Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got some stinkers for you. I hope yeah. you guys are ready. Um, our first one comes from uh, Old Soul Katie. She says, This is the worst movie I've ever seen. I legit couldn't even finish watching it because it angered me so much. LOL. The only scary thing about this movie is the main character's haircut and the bad acting. I actually like his hair. Thank you. And I like <laughs> the bad acting. Um, next up, Jackson Lee says, Nope. Also... You see the guy's pee-pee. You do see his pee-pee. <laughs> um, our next one, um, it's good for some chuckles, but the laughs come for the wrong reasons. One last thing to note in this mess of a review is the dialogue and character interactions remind me of The Room. <laughs> I, w- no. I wouldn't claim that this film is completely Tommy Wiseau-esque, if that's possible. But all I'm saying is that Riff Tracks needs to get on this immediately if they haven't already. I actually would like to see that. I would, like would to see too. Riff Tracks do this one. Riff Tracks, like, they'll do some shit, but I don't know if they do this shit. Yeah. Well, they they did, would edit it heavily. They did Casablanca. We don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, our next one is from Jake Roll, surprisingly watchable for a pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! I remember the last time yeah. I watched a pile of dog shit. <laughs> well, I was born, so yeah, yeah. I was high on acid. Right. <laughs> Nicholas three says claymation, some bag wigs, and lots of yelling. <laughs> and there was lots of yelling in this. That, none of that, that is wrong. claymation. None yeah. of that is wrong. Yeah, lots of yelling. Um, Can argue. Victoria says. How are you going to let Belial kill you? He has no legs. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's yeah, he, not everybody laughs at once. He has rage, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's got red eyes. And last but not least, and this is a fucking, this is a pretty, like, weird take. Um, <laughs> pretending to like and understand this movie doesn't make you a film buff. It actually makes you desperate to fit into a niche group of idiots who ironically celebrate poor quality. If you like this movie, your children deserve to get AIDS. Wow. That was a wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was on to that last one. Yeah. How dare you like this movie? I hope your kids get AIDS. Go fuck yourself. What? Whole new level. Whole new level. Man, yeah. our kids' T cells didn't deserve that shit. <laughs> Man, that was just, uh, what the fuck wow, did my kids do? Yeah, yeah. So I'm that was quite a bitch. That's it for Sean's shitty reviews. Wow. <laughs> Must send Mike and join Twin after that bitch. Shit <laughs> about my kids. No. But can I, can I just say something real quick? I meant to mention this earlier, and I just for now thought about it. Do you think Malignant watched yes. this film and was uh, like, yes, yes? Oh, I, I, I was yeah. gonna, idea. I was going to mention that in my review, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that too, um, and I don't know why I didn't like make that connection when I watched Mal- *Malignant*, 
But rewatching this, and I was kind of like, I kind of got that feel like, oh, I wonder if Malignant, you know, the, the, James Wan watched this and was like, oh, I got an idea. I can do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I can do that, but today. Or the Manitou, or uh, Stephen King's The Dark Half. Yeah. 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 The, the eyeball yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. for me, it's, it's, I always go back to Tales from the Crypt comics. So malignant reminded me of that this also there were there were several conjoined twin where one was evil kind of stories in tales from the crypt so they both remind me of tales from the crypt they should have put it together yeah DC comics anyway um you know that they both remind me of stories that were written in the you know in, in these sleazy comics in the 50s yeah. so I yeah well i mean and this film's perfect because it's a sleazy film it's oh, yeah. schlocky it's sleazy with Wang. It's all those things. Yeah, with, with Wang. the Wang. With Floppy Wang. Wang. Well, hey, equal opportunity. We gotta look at breasts. We're gonna look at some floppy wang. That's right. Unshaved. Called... Unshaved. Unshaved. He uh, is not waxed. He is full bush. It's like an angry hedgehog. <laughs> no manscaping going on there. That angry inchworm. <laughs> it was cold. It was cold. It was cold. Oh, it was cold. <laughs> it's not small, it's thin. <laughs> He's trying. Oh, oh gosh. Wow. All right. So let's They're go into reviews. For a raven. <laughs> <laughs> so, my review for this is a 7.5 out of 10 dining room surgeries. Um, I know that um, Nico and Erica couldn't make it tonight. And Erica, I would like to quote what she said <laughs> in group chat when she was found out she couldn't make it. She said, I took plenty of laxatives so I could shit all over this movie. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Erica yes. is like wickedly funny. Oh, my God. But um, so I had to share that with our listeners. But um, she was ready to, to fuck shit up. <laughs> but yeah, so but. give it a 7.5. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have rated it that high, but it does have a legacy. It is the most successful and well-known, um, of Hennen Lauder's films. And for a reason, um, Hennen Lauder has his own style that is often attempted to be imitated, but can never be. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's, there's something special and, and dirty, and and not dirty in like where I'm trying to be like sexual dirty. Like it's, you just feel like you need like eight showers after this movie. Yeah. But really all of his movies, to be fair. But I, I was not inspired by this movie to watch two or three. I will not do it. I'm mm. not interested. And I'm a huge Hen and Lauder fan. You're I will up. not do it. Um, but I will watch Frankenhooker a million times. And I'll watch uh, a million times. Um, I will watch Brain Damage. So... Um, and I, I try not to compare movies because I hate when, when people are doing reviews. You're like, well, you know, um, and, and don't take any of this personally if it's you. It's not like I hate you. I just, I'm just kind of like, well, we're talking about this movie, but see, here I am doing it because I break my own rules all the time. But it's just like, you know, I, I like his other work better, but we needed this film to get there. Mm -hmm. So I have to give it, you know, a 7.5. Um because of that it, it's just it's just really it's an important film it's a, it's a bucket list type film like if you want to explore all the different areas of exploitation grindhouse horror which all tend to blend together um you have to see this this movie at least once um it just just so you say like wow i've seen that and now i can you know make other judgments and assumptions and 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 seek out other things 
you know, because of it, even if you don't like it. So uh, it's, like I said, not my favorite. There are things that I do like about it, though. Um, so that's kind of a lower score for me, but um, higher than I thought I would rate it. So, uh, yeah, mostly just legacy stuff in there and, and love for Hen and Lauder and what he does and, and that realness and rawness that so, so many people try to do and they can't quite do it. Everything's a little too slick. There's nothing slick about this movie, and I love that. I <laughs> fucking love it. I love that there's nothing slick or shiny or polished about it. It's it's grungy, dirty, you know, fucked up, crazy, wacky. Like, just there's everything's in there. So, yeah, bucket list shit. Watch it. See it. If you have not seen it, we really haven't ruined the experience for you. So, we have not. No. <laughs> 7.5 out of 10 uh, dining room table surgeries. All right, and I'm going to give this um, 9 out of 10. Oh, Humping puppets. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I love this fucking film. I've always loved this film. And now that I've gotten older and I've realized the story behind it and the fact that it, you know, this being his first film and the ultra low budget that they had, um, like we said, this is a testament to guerrilla filmmaking. This is... This is the beginning of Frank Hennenlotter and what we've gotten, like Candy said, you know, with, with Frankenhooker and brain damage. And, you know, this was a lot of the people in this film weren't even actors. You know, a lot of the people in, in that those, the hotel scene, these these were just extras just pulled off the street, you know. And, you know, he just he does such a great job of encapsulating that late 70s early 80s nasty ass new york it's gritty it's grimy it's filthy and the film itself is just schlocky campy and in a world of films like sharknado that are they try so hard to be bad this is a film that is so bad it's good you know, like it's like he's really trying to make a good film and it it's not that great, but that's what makes it great, you know, and and for me, I love it. And it brings back a lot of my childhood memories of, of seeing Belial for the first time in Fangoria when I was 10 years old and just feeling like I have to see this fucking film because I had no idea what the fuck I was looking at as a 10 year old. Um just everything about this. Dwayne's fucking hair is amazing. Um, Star I just, billing. I love this film. Nine out of ten humping puppets. Oh. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, who would like to go next? I'm going to give it uh, eight out of ten uh, scalpel porcupines. <laughs> uh, that's a great, that's an epic death scene, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love this movie. You know, as far as uh, the, the big three Hannah Lauder films that we've done now, this this is maybe my least favorite, but it was his first uh, film, although he did some weird circumcision thing before. But uh, like compared to Brain Damage, it just doesn't quite have the uh, sort of emotional impact on me. Although there were some parts about it, the fact that the, the father totally rejected the uh, conjoined twin because he didn't look normal. That's kind of sad. and Just wanted him excised. But uh, I, I love any time I get to see New York City of like 1982, I'm in Times Square. I love it. The ending, I, I wanted to mention that the, the bit at the very end after they both fall off of the sign, 
gave me sort of a King Kong vibe. Uh, they're all like circled around um, the dead bodies. Um, that, that made me happy. I like to move out. I'm a big, after we did um, Frankenhooker and Brain Damage, I'm a big Hannah Ladder fan now. And so I, I love this movie. Um, it, it, you can't even say like, it's not perfect. Like, it, yeah, obviously it's not perfect. But it's, it's a movie made on $35,000 in Times Square in 1982. You know, I'm on board. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, oh boy, I get to be the wet blanket for Erica. <laughs> um, Hope you took so, your laxative. I did. I took my laxative uh, shit all over this for Erica. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give this six and a half raisin in the sun nut sacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone has to start somewhere. Sydney Poitier is so upset. I'm sorry. I said raisin in the sun, not, you know, not Sydney Poitier. Um, we're in a different caliber, honey. Uh, but uh, everyone has started somewhere, and I am so glad that Frank, uh, hands on the back of a logging truck, did this movie. Because, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed brain damage. I wasn't on the episode. That was when uh, Dave and I had first started dating, and... Uh, I watched the movie with him, but he filmed, and I was in the bedroom. Uh, and Frank and Hooker, I don't think I was on that episode, but we watched together, and I think I was sitting beside him on the, the couch while you guys filmed, um, when you guys recorded. And so I enjoyed both of them. Um, but uh, as far as this, you got to start somewhere. Uh, and and Frank only continued to, to grow as, as an artist uh, and, and as a director. Uh, and so, um, I, uh, I enjoyed this. I, Belial's something we didn't touch on, Belial's eyes, when they lit up, I could only think of Lohan. I'm sorry. Right, right. I was like, We're fresh oh, off Big Trouble fuck. in China. <laughs> I said, oh, fuck, we got another coat nail Lohan going. Um... <laughs> But uh, but this this movie uh, touched on you know some things and uh, that uh, you know the revenge storyline and I think he had a good basis for a movie and and then of course that's why they made two and three to expand on the the universe uh, I I don't know that I'll be able to talk Dave into two and three I don't know that I, I want to see two and three. Um, maybe just out of morbid curiosity. Really morbid. Um, uh, <laughs> Come on, yeah. now. You know, as long as there's no like foot. Are they are they head and ladder joints? To yes. Head? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe as long as there's no foot things in there and no toilet, yeah, foot thing. <laughs> toilet toilet scenes and stuff. You know, maybe, but um, you know, overall it. It's a better film than I've ever made, and um, you know, don't search. Cool? Yeah, don't, don't, don't search out there for things that I've made. Um, Onlyfans.com. Yeah, it got taken down. Ah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm gonna give this six and a half uh, raisin in the sun uh, nut sacks. <laughs> Not quite the wet blanket I think that Erica was going for. No, 
Yeah, I think she probably would have given it a three. That is probably where I think uh, she would she would have uh, given this. I mean, the fact that they read part of the Tempest, I think that's half of my score. Yeah, yeah, which was really cool and how it um, plays into the the story itself. Right. I mean, like it, like I said, it's my least favorite Hen and Lauder. So you know, like I, we keep mentioning the other two because I just think they're superior films. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think I've ever scored any. Point. Yeah, I don't think I've ever scored anything lower than like a six. No. Yeah. Oh, you weren't here for Hot Rock Zombies. Oh, oh God, you would have just. You know, the thing I with Crystal is no. Is, is that is I that have she, seen that movie? She either would have rated it really high, or she would have rated it really low. And with Crystal, we don't know. We yeah, don't know. I have seen that movie. Just like I saw Samurai Cop, yeah, not that's in true. That's true. like you know, you know, yeah, bullshit my, I can't even talk. I start having like flashbacks, like Vietnam flashbacks, and then think about our drug zombies. Like, um, and I promised I would never again torture anybody with movies. Oh, honey, yeah. no, I. You have no idea. I want to. I want to do more. B. Yeah. Okay. After you guys all assaulted me for Hard Rock Zombies and the video dead. Fuck off. I'm not doing it. I am not taking the blame for that. I wasn't here. Um. Yeah, that was some season two shit. I just remember watching Hard Rock Zombies to get ready for the uh, episode, and thinking, "What was it from Arrested Development?" I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. my, my huge mistake, and it, it, it was just watching it on my own, not even being part of this. Well, I was a little kid when I saw it. I, I was like, oh, I like hard rock and I like zombies. And I was like, this is not <laughs> Wait, hard what, rock. What? And these are <laughs> fucking zombies. These are well, not she, fucking zombies. She made me sit through Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, too. Fuck so. you. That's a great oh, movie. No, I love, I love, I love Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I will make you watch that for the rest of your life. You know that. I, that is like a feel-good times, one of my happy places. I used to write in weekly to Mystery Science Theater I, I when I was it. a kid. Please do Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. When he Please. shoots the lasers out of his eyes and then Paul he Stanley. walks down the lasers... That like that, I was just like, what is your what? fucking entertainment? <laughs> Anthony Zerby as, yeah, the yeah, fan. oh yeah, yeah, oh, Anthony Zerby. Anthony Zerby. They mentioned him a lot on MSC3K. Gotta have I was him like, and hey, Kluge Anthony Zerby's in Kiss Me Swing in the Park. You guys gonna do it? And I realized now that you know, Kiss, they're embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not. I just bought a copy of it, a bootleg. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I bought a bootleg. Yeah, don't it. sue us, Gene. Come at me, bitch. I've been wanting to smack him for years. <laughs> On behalf of all women. Thank you. Good night. No. Um, but yeah, uh, we haven't been doing plugs. Um, yeah, people know where to find us. If you don't know where to find if us. If they can find the podcast, they can find us. Yeah, I'm us. like, if you found the podcast. You right, can if you're already us. here. Right, yeah. Or we're here. And uh, I'm I'm constantly pimping us out on social media. If you right. don't know where to find us, like, how did you end up here? Right. So yeah, <laughs> Dave. This weekend, Rift Tracks. The game. The, the game. game. Right. Yes. yes. You guys are yes. gonna have the greatest time. There's pick a riff, which is fun, but the uh, write a riff is really yeah. fun, and I'm I'm extremely. Uh, we do Rift Tracks. We watched. We watched uh, Jack the Giant Killer last night. As a matter of oh, fact, nice. the live, the live one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right. If Point you do, us. 
If you do the rider riff, just be careful for autocorrect because it autocorrected me and it fucked my riff up. I still <laughs> voted for it. It was, I mean, it was still funny, but it was like funny because it sounded stupid, not funny. You because... know, we should do it. We should do a thing where we play it and like record it. Although, then do we need rights from riff tracks? I'm not sure how that works. No, because like, you we're... can stream it. So, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. All right. We'll do it this weekend. We're playing. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm in. I'm already introduced him. Like, I'm like, we got a little time. We can do a the, short round. Come the on, let's second, play. Let's the play. second like, I walked in the door, she had the game already up on the, the Xbox. The kids and I were had been playing it for quite some time, and we were having a really good time. Yeah. Oh, it's Sounds funny. Great. You, can, you can put sound effects to your riffs. Yeah, so mine always have farts. Surprise. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike, Bill, Kevin, we're plugging your game right now. Did That's we right. Uh, we, we sort of, we didn't really. We just said that, whatever. Anywhere you find Dave, you can find me. Yeah, um, yeah. that's right. Anywhere, anywhere you, you can, can find Dave, you can find the rest of us. Yeah, and anywhere right. you can find Candy, <laughs> I'll be there. Right. We're there. And our cats. Yeah, all of our cats. And we love you for listening, if you've listened to this. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, Erica, Nico, miss you. Miss uh, you. Can't wait to get you back. Shout out to all of the other podcasts in our podcast network. Yeah, big family and right there. And anybody listening, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, you can support the podcast through Anchor for as low as 99 cents a month. That helps us cover our costs for the professional Zoom and uh, professional accounts that I need to have to uh, work on the podcast. So And, and marriage counseling. This is marriage counseling, bitch. <laughs> right, I was say, this is... <laughs> Tonight was couples edition, and That's we right. did yeah, basket absolutely. case. I don't know what kind of couples that makes us, but pretty awesome, I guess. Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah. I I like that. But anyway, right. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to next week. We've got some cool shit coming up that I won't say because we time travel a little bit. Um, but uh, <laughs> you guys have seen the schedule, and I'll, I'll repost it. Yay! Can't wait. Have a- have All a good right. night. Get in touch with Take us, care, guys. Uh, and we'll we'll play games this weekend. Yay! Sounds good. Get out, all. Love all you. Right. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.